And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Africa Cup of Nations knockout stage begins today, and it's been one hell of a tournament so far. Carl Anka is here to discuss what happened to Ghana and what to watch for as the competition heats up. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is a special edition of Soccer Every Day for Sunday, January 23rd. The Africa Cup of Nations knockout round gets underway today, and I have with me today the Athletic UK writer, Carl Anka. Carl, you have written a number of pieces about uh, the Africa Cup of Nations, uh, two in particular that we're going to talk about today. But welcome to the show. I'm, I'm excited to, to talk talk through all this stuff. Hello. Hello there. This is, this is fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, I hope it will be anyway. We'll see. Um, anyway, so you wrote a piece right at the start of the tournament titled very simply, Why AFCON Matters. And on one hand, I appreciate that you wrote the piece. And on the other hand, it's kind of funny to me that we need to say why (laughs) this huge continental tournament uh, for a a giant continent, as you point out in the very start of the piece, why we need to say that it matters. Um, But it does seem like it gets sort of, it flies under the radar. It maybe gets disrespected in in a lot of quarters. Uh, Why do you think that is? And what have your impressions been of the tournament so far? I think the most obvious reason as to why why Afcon gets dismissed is is due to uh, insidious colonial thinking. So sure. you know the the idea that uh, if you look at prior to the tournament, Sebastian Hale, who plays for Ajax, was asked, "Would you much rather not? You know, would you rather be here for Ajax, or you know, would you much?" You know, and he, he was like, "Well, no, obviously, I'd much rather play for my country." Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the highest accolade a football player can get is to play for their country. So why are you asking me this question? This question, you would never ask me this question if I was playing for a European country, was the general idea. Sebastian Halek, and he said, there's no great honour than to represent your country and I, I can't wait to play for Ivory Coast at the, uh, at the AFCON. Um, that comment was then followed up by Ian Wright, who said, uh, you know, similar lines, you know, when you're a football player, all you want to do is play for your country. That is the tippity top of the tippity top. And yet, sure. when you play for an African nation, somehow that, is regarded as less important than playing for one of the European sites, which is a very insidious form of thinking. And obviously, you know, West, you know, Western Europe and European clubs have the majority of the money in world football, I think. But um, there is a very particular type of football fan that says money has ruined the sport and it should not be about money, but also yeah. doesn't quite seem to accept that AFCON is a fresh, exciting tournament on the same level as a Eurozone World Cup. Um, so yeah, that, that was why I wrote the piece. I, I simply wrote the piece going, look, everything you like about football, if, you, if you're the type of football fan that, that likes passion, that likes uh, dribbling, that likes tactical variance, if you're the type of football fan that thinks money has ruined the game, if, you, if you're the type of football fan that loves the storylines and like the anthropological storylines, and if you love yeah. deeply embedded rivalries of football, AFCON has everything you want 
and then some. Um, and what I've seen from the tournament is, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been there's been all that and more. And uh, among the list of things I, that I I would add that uh, you may have actually already said, but uh, unexpected results. And yeah. anybody can win on any given day, that that sort of thing. Like the reason many of us watch sports in general and especially football. Um, among that, at this particular Africa Cup of Nations, Ghana, which I know, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, uh, which I know you, you've, you've written a bit about. Ghana has won, I believe, four Africa Cup of Nations. They, are, yep. they were World Cup quarterfinalists in 2010. Us in the United States know them well because mm-hmm. we played them in the World Cup in 2006 and 2010 and 2014 yep. with uh, Ghana ending the United States tournaments in the first two of those. Yep. Uh, they lost <laughs> 3-2 yep. to Comoros yep. in their final group stage game in this Africa Cup, Cup of Nations to eliminate them from the knockout round. This is Ghana. This is like one of the big African teams as everybody perceives them. What has happened? to this team in the last maybe decade or so? So many things. Uh, it, it's good you, <laughs> you bring up the, the cross-continental rivalry with the United States. Uh, there's a yeah. fantastic piece on the BBC that basically looked into what sort of football the inmates of Guantanamo Bay are interested in. And apparently the, Ghana, the Ghanaian national team is a sort of second favorite of the clubs because they, they beat the USA. I can uh, see why, which, yeah. I found was fascinating. Um, I think the problem with, with with the Ghanaian national team right now is is they have been on a steady and slow decline since that 2006 to approximately 2014 heyday. I think you know yeah. they played the United States in three different World Cups, but by the third World Cup, they were no longer the force they used to be. Right. Uh, Ghanaian football fans will talk at length about how good that World Cup squad is and how Luis Suarez is a very bad man who should never be forgiven for what he did sure. and, de- and deny Ghana a, a semi-final. But there's been a slow decline there. There's been a a lot of disruption. So I think the last sort of flurry was the 2015 AFCON final where it wasn't the best Ghana inside by any account, but they managed to get to the final. Uh, they lost on penalties to Ivory Coast. In, in a very strange one in that both teams in the final were regarded as not as good as their golden generations, but both teams had got to the, the furthest point, which again speaks to the great thing about AFCON. You can have a golden generation and not win it. Didier Drogba has never won an AFCON. Um, and then there are loads of great African football players that just have never won an AFCON. Um, yeah. As we're talking right now, Saudi Mane yeah. doesn't have an AFCON. Mohamed Salah doesn't have an AFCON. We might not ever win one. Um, right. So that's the thing. And I think Ghanaian football ever since 2015 has just been a really slow decline. Too many changes in managers. Uh, not a real convincing style. Ghana as a football team, as a nation, has always done quite well at youth level. On the 17 level and on the 20 level has been very good. But keeping those players and, and playing them in a really useful system has, has been quite poor. They brought back their old manager, Milenko Rajevic, my apologies for pronunciation, who was the manager from 2008 to 2010, who is now, in, in his heyday, in 2008-10, he was a, a very pragmatic manager, very much, I'll make the team very compact and hard to beat, but I have a little bit uh, of uh, flurry from Suliana Montari, a little bit of glamour from Kevin prince Boateng, and, and finishing ability from uh, Asimo Jean. He's still trying to do that system, mm-hmm. but he lacks those players. He's trying to use a 2010 rulebook for 2022 football. And Ghana were incredibly disappointing at this AFCON 
Um, the IU brothers, the children of Abade Pele, the greatest Ghanaian football player of all time, mm-hmm. um, are now the creative spark and the hub of everything. And if you're a Premier League watcher, if you've watched Jordan Ayu at Crystal Palace, or if you've watched uh, Andre Ayu from his time at Swansea and a little bit at West Ham, you'll know while they're good players, you can't really build an entire attacking unit around them. So they, they lost their first game against Morocco due to a defensive error. They drew against Gabon. Uh, you know, went a goal up due to Andre Ayu won the goal out of nowhere, but didn't really do much afterwards and then conceded quite late on. And they had a player sent off after full time. And against Comoros, a fantastic game in terms of drama. So Incredible after, game. After like the, one of the games, like early contender for a game of the year for me. Absolutely. <laughs> to put this in context, Comoros are ranked 132 in the FIFA World Rankings. They are, this is the first ever AFCON. They'd never won an official international game of football until 2016. <laughs> They never scored at AFCON until this game against Ghana. Ghana go into this game, they know they need to win by at least two clear goals to qualify. One go- a one goal win will make them on the best third, be- you know, the, the best third place qualifier. Um, and after the game against Gabon, Andre Ayu said, "We will beat Comoros. Don't, 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 need, don't even question that." Uh, within Uh-oh. five, within five <laughs> minutes, there were a goal down against Comoros. Within twenty-five minutes, Andre Ayu, the captain, had been sent off, and it, it just spiraled and developed uh Ghana did well to 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 go from 2-0 down with only 10 men to bring it back up to 2-2 only to to concede a final goal in the 85th minute the Comoros the images of the Comoros dressing room at full time were amazing but this is a a a low ebb for Ghanaian football it is the worst African Cup of Nations performance in the national team's history uh by the time you listener are going to hear this uh, the Ghanaian government would have had an emergency meeting uh, to discuss things. So the Ministry of Sport released a press release saying this was an abysmal performance on Wednesday and said they're going to have an emergency meeting on Friday the 21st. So possibly, listener, you will know the ramifications of that thing. Uh, Rakovic, the ran at Milan, uh, says he will not stand down as the coach because he says his objective is to qualify for the World Cup. The only reason Ghana are in even moderately a case to be in the World Cup playoffs is due to very controversial circumstances <laughs> in a winner-take-all game against South Africa where uh, Amati from Leicester City went down and won a penalty. Uh, South Africa very much are of the impression that that was a dive and they asked FIFA to have the game replayed. FIFA investigated it and said, no, the game will, will stand. Uh, so now Ghana is uh, the first uh, sub-Saharan Af- uh, African nation to, to gain independence from the British. Uh, they have a very fierce footballing rival with Nigeria. So those are mm-hmm. two bigger Anglophone uh, speaking nations in sub-Saharan Africa. Ghana, while historically very good at AFCONs, they haven't won an AFCON since 1982. They haven't been to the final. You know, they got to the 2015 final, but they're very much on a downward slope. Nigeria right now on an upward slope. So right. to put this in context right hurt. now, yeah. To put this context around, Ghana's at their lowest ebb. Nigeria are very much on the ascent and look like one of the favourites for AFCON at the moment. And on top of that, South Africa were also in the corner laughing at Ghana. It was a, a very painful, <laughs> very painful week to be a Ghanaian football fan. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they can somehow recover from this and qualify for the World Cup. And if they don't, somehow I bet that even more bigger... <laughs> government meetings are going to are going to take place to to determine the future of the national team. Uh, that's, of course, one of the teams, maybe the biggest team that was uh, eliminated in the group stage. But there are, of course, still 16 teams remaining. Mm-hmm. Carl, you've been watching this tournament uh, from the beginning. 
which team are you have you been most impressed by that sort is sort of remaining in this in this last sixteen? I mean, uh, we talked about Comoros. So Comoros is an easy pick because yeah. they are who they are and they are where they are now. Um, so maybe as, maybe aside from Comoros, who who have you really enjoyed watching? I have really enjoyed this. Re- Right. Who have I enjoyed watching is a very sure. different question from who do I think is, is the best performing team? Because the best performing who team... Who have you enjoyed? Afcon, yeah. The best performing let, team let, right let's, now... Let's answer both. Let's answer yeah. both. <laughs> uh, the best performing team at AFCON right now is Nigeria. They, they are perfect. Three wins from three. Uh, very much at the front of the pack. Um, I can't say I enjoy watching them because I'm Ghanaian and that would be... My uncle would get very mad if I said such a thing. Sure. But they are at the moment the front runners. Uh, something good. that happened very quickly in the final group game that occurred on Thursday was uh, Ivory Coast victory over Algeria, which again, that is, I'm now making that the game of the tournament. And that's perhaps the biggest shock. So Algeria, who yeah. are the current holders of AFCON, are, were knocked out in the group stages and they were torn asunder by a fantastic performance by Ivory Coast. Um, it very much felt like a changing of the guard. It very much felt like a we are the new winners. We we, we are the, the champions of that based on this one game. So Ivory Coast, the most interesting thing is they will be playing against Egypt on the 26th. Um, Egypt have not had a great AFCON so far. They're not in a particularly great state in their national team. Obviously, the impact of while Egypt are historically the most successful Afghan nation, uh, and they've had numerous golden generations, in particular, they had a fantastic heyday when they won three Afghans in a row, 2006, 2008, and 2010. Yeah. They're a little bit ways removed. Uh, the, the national team in itself basically had to be rebuilt from the ground up due to, as a ramification of some of the, the recent political upheaval and whatnot. Um, it's not quite fair to say they are, you know, they're not a great team, but they've got Mo Salah, but also... They're not a great team, but they've got most solid. It feels very 2012, 2013 Argentina with them. Yes. So I think Ivory Coast versus Egypt is a big sort of uh, cohesive team performance against star player performance that you should look out for in, in the round of 16. Yeah, so that's so that's one big one. I was going to go from teams to games, but you led me right to it. So Ivory Coast, Egypt, that's on uh, January 26th. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at Nigeria, Tunisia. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially interesting just because Nigeria is Nigeria and... Tunisia has had some teams in the past. Um, what else are you looking at in this uh, in this round of sixteen? Obviously, Comoros, their reward for somehow miraculously making it through is playing the host nation Cameroon uh, in this game. Um, let's 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 cover one more game. You think that you're really looking forward to in this uh, in this next round? Senegal versus Cape Verde on the twenty fifth is really interesting because this is very much regarded as the uh, this is one of the last times for the Senegal team. Uh, they are. They weren't very well. They they're not a high goal scoring team, which is quite interesting. If you're a Premier League watcher, you go, "Oh, that's Sadio Mane's team. They must very much get the ball to Sadio Mane and you know give him free reign and play everything." We're actually a very compact, defensively organised team. They they got to the final of the la- of the last Afcon off the back of three one nil victories. I think they only scored one goal in the group stages at this point in time, and that was a penalty put away by Sadio Mane. They're very hard to beat. They're very hard to score against and they grow as they go on through the knockout stages. So they'll be difficult. I'll also say this game between Cameroon and Comoros will be worth watching. Cameroon are a really interesting team in that they are the, I want to say, the second most successful team in Afghan history. So it's Egypt, Cameroon, then Ghana, and then Nigeria. Yeah. Cameroon have not 
recently gone to an AFCON as the favourite. Well, they always do well, and they have a similar trait to, 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 to Senegal in that they very much grow throughout the tournament, and they're very much hard to beat. And then by the time you get to this, you know, the quarterfinals and the semifinals, you go, oh, Cameroon's there, and then they win it. So uh, what I will say right now is Nigeria and Ivory Coast are at the front of the... I'd say Nigeria very much at the front of the pack, shortly followed by Ivory Coast. There's a little bit of a gap, and then it's Cameroon, Senegal, and other teams behind them. Um, now, the only reason why at this point in time you wouldn't say Nigeria are, are the clear favourites is because you don't want to be the clear favourite at AFCON. That, that's that's a hiding, you know, that's a very hubristic thing to say. The favourites rarely win AFCON. So, uh, but I think that's the sort of trajectory and order of the way things are going on right now. All right, well, it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Carl, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, the two games uh, that are kicking off this knockout round uh, happened today. Uh, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Burkina Faso versus Gabon, and then at 2 p.m. Nigeria versus Tunisia. Uh, both those games are on BN Sports Extra. Carl, thank you so much for coming on the show. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. The Africa Cup of Nations Round of 16 gets underway today. And if you want to know more about what's happening in other games on the club level in Europe and elsewhere, listen to our weekend preview from Friday. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can get 33% off a year subscription to The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.